Welcome to the Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Report being brought to you by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. Lots of things happened in this market trade today, and we are really going to dive into what happened in two big reports that came out for the cattle market. Of course, we had the monthly cattle on feed report, but we had that report that cattle inventory report that comes out twice a year and there's a lot of questions a lot of thoughts and really how's that all going to tie back into the grain complex we'll talk about that some global unrest lots of factors in this week's market so stick around imagine a future fueled by soy-based possibilities a future where creativity and productivity live together under one roof a future that takes you from point A to point B to point Z, all while ensuring brighter tomorrows for our next generation. A soy-based future? It's already here. As we continue to take a look at what's happening in the market trade, as we wrap up this trading week, joining us this week, Mike Zuzlo with Global Commodity Analytics and Joe Coima, Coima, Coima Varlick out of Sioux Center, Iowa. And gentlemen, I'm going to leave this as a, as a screen like this for a while because we had an interesting report that came out on a Friday afternoon, and that's this cattle inventory report. And there was a lot of concerns, what ifs on what those numbers would say. So I'm just going to kind of th throw it out to you guys. Uh, Give me your thoughts, your initial outlook, Mike. What did you see and what caught your eye on this report? You know, on the superficial side of it, the surface of it, Susan, I, I think that the cattle on feed report, the monthly report is probably what the funds tend to trade more than the semi-annual number. So market reaction, I would guess, would be based more upon the supply demand numbers from the cattle on feed report. We're at 98 plus on, on feed placements came in at 102.7 um, on the high side for feeders. And, and I think the fats came in on the marketing is right around 95. Um, so I would say the idea of buying feeders and selling fats before the report on Friday's trade, that spread may want to be unwound if you look at the, just the cattle on feed numbers. Um, and I'd also point out that in that same vein, we've got the funds, the managed money funds are extremely long, the fat cattle, they're going close to that net long 120,000 contracts of futures and options that we put in earlier this year that was about a three-year high. We're probably over that. I haven't seen the new commitment of traders numbers yet, but if we're over that, they're very net long, the fats, not net long hardly at all, comparatively speaking in the feeders. Again, fundamentally, I think that may start to maybe unwind that spread. Joe, what for you, uh, looking at both these reports kind of caught your attention? I think just that placement number is going to be a little bit uh, of a surprise. I could weigh in initially um, come Monday morning. Um, there there has been a few uh, negative reports about the placements the past six months or so. And it seems like the market always finds itself back uh, to a contract high. So the, you know, taking these numbers, I don't know if I'd take them completely uh, to heart. You know, some of this placement stuff just might be that there's too high of interest costs there for some of these you know cow calf guys that they're just letting them go in, go into town um but five percent we'll have to deal with that a little bit uh come monday morning we'll stick around oh, we'll see if we can't come out of it it seems like the last three weeks we've had you know two big key reversals and we we tend to kind of you know swallow that for a couple hours and the next day we kind of get ourselves a little sigh of relief and say all right where's the cash market at you know did we fall apart there at all or is this just one of those things where we make a new contract high and we start slipping off of the highs a little bit then you get everybody running you know towards the door because we are at, at obviously a very historic lofty prices up here so uh, both of you guys 
Did you see, I mean, everybody was talking so much about we were going to see a heifer retention um, numbers pick up. And obviously you look at that report, it definitely didn't happen. Is this something that's going to probably wait till fall or are we going to see 24 before we see some real heifer pickups? I, I, the great question. I, I, I think that's how where I'm seeing things here uh, down the road. Uh, like I mentioned before, there's high interest rates. Um, high feed costs are still around, even though we've had a break in, in the corn from the last you know, couple of years anyway. Um, but I think a lot of that is just going to take time to, to, to settle down a little bit, you know, and maybe we need to see some more moisture uh, show up. I know there's been plenty in some parts uh, up in the Northwest, but maybe we just need to see that happen continually here for a little while to get some of that optimism going yet. But, you know, maybe down the road here, fourth quarter in the first quarter, maybe we'll start finally seeing some of that come through again, but definitely just high cost, high interest rates that we're still having to deal with right, right now. Mike, do you think some might have blinders on because, you know, my pasture looks good. So maybe everybody else is doing okay too. I think that's a real possibility. I don't think the semi-annual numbers really gave us an idea of that yet, Susan. And that's why I think, you know, the, the next three months, it's going to be real difficult uh, to probably figure out what our actual production number is going to be. USDA and their livestock dairy poultry numbers and report this week said the beef cow slaughter was down 12% since January. So year-to-date numbers are down, but the semi-annual numbers matched up really well with the on-feed, the monthly numbers, and what we've been carrying for the on-feed month after month after month. So to me, there's a little bit of a disconnect there. And as well with your question, uh, parts of Nebraska are seeing some really exciting calf uh, sales and, and auctions still. And USDA's uh, heifer number, 500 pounds and over for beef cow replacement, down 2.4%. That looks nice on the spreadsheet, but with that beef cow slaughter down so much, I would have thought the heifer numbers would have been down as much. So I've got as many questions as answers when it comes to the semi-annual report at this point. Yeah, we're talking one sale um, in Nebraska, right around $2,400 a smidge over that per cow. And I kind of lobbed that question at both of you at, before we started this program. Does that mean maybe guys are looking to keep cows and send the or purchase cows and send heifers on to slaughter instead? It seems to be that would be that initial uh, response to that. You know, some high optimism getting in front of everybody. Um, that'd be about the, the quickest answer that I would have for something like that. All right. Well, we're going to kind of dive into the rest. Anything else on these reports um, that either one of you wanted to share? I'd only point out that the marketing's number coming in at 95%. We are cutting consumption. We're seeing that pretty readily. And I think Joe's point earlier about um, the, the size of the herd versus the demand side and, and these new contract highs. I think we got to really be understanding that the cycles are starting to work against us as we get into Q4, especially if we see a recession on the horizon. All right, as we look at the rest of the market complex here with the Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup. Uh, Mike, wanted to get your thoughts on, on the lower numbers we saw in this corn market. Obviously, it was a market that ebbed and flowed this whole week. Uh, we've got some decent crop conditions coming in, but still this market just couldn't pull it out to some positives weekend. No, and this is a surprise given that the Ukrainian uh, Black Sea grain deal did not get extended. And not only that, but we saw some real increase in intensification of, of infrastructure damage. And we saw Poland and maybe four other big four uh, Eastern European countries uh, extend their uh, refusal of Ukrainian corn and wheat into their countries past mid-September, um, essentially trapping the Ukrainian corn. And the Ukrainians are the number three 
corn exporter in the world, and they're only number six when it comes to wheat. Uh, the trade traded almost the exact opposite when it came right down to it, Susan, and this is even with the Northern Hemisphere wheat being harvested and a high pressure ridge starting to try and set up over Iowa and Southern Minnesota for how long we don't know. But I, I did feel like the spreads were a little bit out of whack with all the fundamentals that we got at the end of the week. I just simply felt like the trade was not willing to acknowledge the Black Sea grain deal was done and that Russia was probably not going to come back into it. In fact, some European people on Friday in the trade were suggesting that they were actively trying to get back in and that they would probably get back in just because they were only bombing smaller facilities in Odessa. But I, I don't I don't participate in that mindset. Well, it definitely has been um, an interesting way this market has traded, watching what happens globally. Uh, before we jump into this corn and, and feeder issue, I wanted to know from you, Mike, from a wheat perspective, does this offer maybe those some opportunities for, for more exports from the United States? I think eventually, but I would say that after the Federal Reserve report, if they're done raising rates after next week, then I'll feel a lot more confident we can pick up some numbers in the wheat side of the equation, but we still have to work through some excess supplies in countries like Australia. But it was nice to see India cut their rice exports. That was a big piece of news that I don't think the trade really grabbed a hold of either. So Joe, if we look at the trade of Thursday, we saw a market where both corn and feeder cattle were lower. And usually one ebbs high, one ebbs low, and they just kind of both went to the negative. What is your thoughts on what that was like to see it turn around on a Friday and have higher feeder cattle, lower corn. There's a lot to, to take on. Uh, Mike did a good job of explaining that uh, extracurricular stuff that is very difficult for a farmer uh, to understand other than reading a lot of, a lot of the headlines, um, but a lot to take on uh, yesterday. So, you know, the tensions with Ukraine um, and, and Russia got the big uh, heat unit coming uh, basically next week. Um, it seems like the market to me is maybe you know, traded this tension for how many times, and this certainly increased um, how big it was. Um, so I, a lot of commotion going on, uh, and behind the scenes, you, you saw a little bit of this extended forecast stuff starting to show up, uh, where we're seeing a cool down and some active weather patterns uh, showing up. And the same thing that went in the live cattle yesterday certainly went with the feeders too. You, you get to a high point. And once you start drifting off those highs and you see these headlines uh, of the continued tension, um, once we start diving lower at these high prices, that, that door gets really, really small. And we're all, it's not like we're sitting here happy, you know, that we can never break at all. Like it'll happen. And then all of a sudden there's an, oh, what if it does happen moment? And then that door is so small for everybody to try to you know, basically climb out of. And I, th I think that had a lot to do with it. You know, even this morning, the feeders seemed to be a little bit unsure of itself, even though corn was you know, 10, 11 lower uh, through the night, you know, we opened up and then that was kind of the high point and then grains came back again. So there's still that headline trade that these computers go off of, these algorithms come out or go off of that. It's it's tough to follow through all the way um, and, and know the exact reason why that had to happen that time. But like but yesterday, it recovered nicely, uh, the, the feeders. And by the end of the day, you start selling, uh, the auction barns were steady to $2 higher. And I think the fundamentals just finally came through again. We all took a sigh of relief and say, wait a minute, we're not quite done yet with this move. All right, gentlemen, thanks for joining us this week. Thank you. Appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, Susan. All right. Reminder, commodity futures and options involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. And that's been this week's Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup.